we're glad that uh, you're, you're with us for the new series, and it's called Abundance. Um, and so what I'd like to do is uh, open up a scripture from John chapter 10, um, probably a verse that you know, but uh, we're gonna, this is going to launch us into our brand new series. Um, the thief comes to steal and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, or have it in abundance. Have life in its abundance. The purpose, Jesus said, of his coming was for us to have life in its fullness or in its abundance. So abundance is the word we want to talk about, and then I want to talk about life itself. But abundance gets the idea that you have extra. You have excess. Um, We sort of a lot of people, you get the sense that they don't have a lot of excess, right? So um, we're running, sh- how many have ever been running short on time? How many got here after church started? Put your hand up, put your hand up. How many, it was longer than 10 minutes. You're not ashamed, you're just here. You're like, all right, what's, what gives? I mean, hey, you know, so we're short on time. How many are, uh, you don't have to raise your hand for this one, but... Uh, the, uh, the money runs out before the month does. Anybody short on that? We're short. We, sometimes you run short because we, we kind of push the margins a little bit. Um, anybody ever been a little short um, on what we will call it grace on the freeway? Short on grace. Probably combined with short on time and short on money. They ran together. Short on grace. I don't, I don't have time to let you in. I don't have the, I don't have the, I don't have the capacity and you can see that. You could see some people that have the, all the... Yesterday was Grandma's 95th birthday party. You missed it. Sorry. It was a good one. 95. Went for the boat ride, right? Went for the boat ride. Annual boat ride. She had a good time. Took the, grand, the great-grandkids tubing. All right? She loved that. Her namesake... My grandma's name is Dolores. Her namesake is Bo. Everyone calls her Bo. Um, so one of her great-grandsons is named Bo. And uh, he got a little scared on the boat ride. And uh, so Grandma said, I'll hold your hand. So I got a picture of great-grandma Bo holding great-grandson Bo's hand on the boat ride because it was a little fast for him. Uh, but, we had, but here's the thing. When you get, I guess, to a certain age, you have a certain amount of grace to you. Do you know what I mean? Things that bother you when you're 38 don't quite bother you when you're 95. Think about it. The traffic, the this, the that, the economy. The, we just didn't talk about any of that. You know all she wanted to talk about? It was her kids, her grandkids, her great-grandkids, her family. That's all she wanted to talk about. Why? Because her heart's so full. That's, don't, isn't that where we want to be in life? The, I, I think of the abundant life as this big, large heart, right? Where there's just enough grace to go around for everybody. So Jesus said, I came to give you that kind of life. Now, I'd like to say a few things about this because it's a series. I don't think, some people do, I don't. Other pastors will tell you this. Please feel free to attend their church or do whatever. Send me bad emails. I don't think you say a prayer, flip a switch, get water put on you, or any one of these things, and all of a sudden, you have the abundant life. I just don't think that. I think, I think we learn and we grow. Ready? We learn and we, we grow. 
right? Now, the problem is, listen, why, say, Chris, why do you need to say, I need to say that for this reason. Because some of you say that prayer or get the water or get the baptismal certificate and then you immediately, what? You're done. You stop growing because you're in. Because you've got his blessing. Because you've arrived. Because you're going to heaven or whatever your language is. And now you're done. Do you see the danger in having this idea that I turned this switch on and now everything is okay? Now, I believe there's a lot of validity into, into uh, all of these kinds of things that have helped us along the way, right? Joining, becoming a part, belonging, praying, accepting, receiving, all of these things. But if you think that you're done... You're going to miss out on what Christ came to give you, which he called the abundant life. Now, the next verse, John chapter 11, I just want to compare here. Jesus goes on to say, I am the good shepherd, right? And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. All right, so let's say this verse together. Ready? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, here's the thing to know. This relationship Christ is describing to us is one where he serves us, gives to us, supports us, um, protects us, cares for us. It's the idea that any good parent would have for their child. It's to provide, to care, to guide, to nurture, to bring abundance to it. Get it? That's what God has in mind for you. He has nothing in mind about um, controlling you, manipulating you, getting you to obey him in some twisted way as if it just kind of makes him happy to see if you'll do it. This is all about God giving us and guiding us into something that's greater. But I also want to do something, connect these two verses. In the first verse, it says, I came to give you life. I came to give you life in its abundant form. And in the next verse, Christ said, I, the good shepherd lays down his, what's the word? Life. Now here's the bummer. Here's the bummer. Most of us don't read the Bible in its original language, Greek, New Testament, that is. So when it says life and life, that's not what what was being said at all. Jesus said, I came to give you zoe, zoe. One, two, three, zoe. One, two, three, zoe. That's not a girl's name, although I know some girls named Zoe. It is a word meaning life. But it doesn't mean life, just life being alive. Jesus said, I came to lay down my, what? Life. He didn't say, I came down to lay down my Zoe. He came, I came to lay down the other kind of life. Different words completely. Isn't that bummer? We just totally miss it. <laughs> There's two completely different things being said here. Five minutes of teaching. Are you with me? Can you hang? Two of you. All right, I'll be good. All right. Uh, Oh, boy. All right. Five minutes of teaching. So many of you know there are different Greek words for love in the Bible. But many people don't know there's different Greek words for life. They, they didn't look at it just as one flat thing. For instance, in the first chapter of John, it says, In him was life. In him was 
life. What is that word? Zoe. In him was life. It, when, when, you, when you see the word Zoe, it means sort of like the divine life. Life of the, of the divine. Um, maybe one of the best writers to, to talk about this. There's bios. Bios, which means biologically you're alive. Bios, right? Then there's psyche, right? Psyche. And then there is Zoe. Bios would be you're alive, you're breathing, your heart's pumping blood, right? How many got at least that going? You should be if you're here. <laughs> Some of you are sleeping, but you are technically, technically you're here alive, right? Bios, you're here. It's beating. Feel it? Psyche, we get the, our word psychology, right? We be more of the, of the soul. Jesus, the, the, the you, the, the I am, right? That's me, who I am, my life. I, when I think of Chris Cram, I think of his life, who he is, your life. Jesus said, I came to lay that down. Often when you see this, this is, the, this is the part of you that you cling to. This is life as you dream it, life as you design it. How many have dreamed and designed your own life? Huh? How many have kind of fell apart somewhere along the way? It's like this is the, this is the, the human, this is human desires, human ambition, ambition. All the stuff that you want, that you create. And then there's a whole other thing called Zoe. Why does this matter? This matters so much because here's how C.S. Lewis said it. He said, most of us are like statues or pictures. A statue looks like a man or a woman, but what? Has no inner real, what? Life. He said the difference between one and another in the scriptures is the difference between a statue and a real person. It's the difference between a picture and a place. Yes, they're similar. Yes, there's a reflection. Now, here's what we know about our biological life. Our bios, our biological life, needs support. How many need support? Food. We take a deep breath. That was free gift from God, something you rely on every single day, but you need, you need to stay alive. This, your, your biological life needs, uh, needs support. Zoe, the eternal life, the life of God, doesn't need it. It just goes. The biological world that we see around us all emanated from the eternal the Zoe. This is important. I'll get to it. Why are you saying this? Because what Jesus said is so important. He said, I came to give you Zoe. Not just life so you can stay alive, so your heart can keep beating. I didn't come to give you a picture on Facebook. I came to help you get into the experience. I came to give you a a deeper life than you ever dreamed of, that was ever thought of or conceived in your mind. And it is eternal in nature. It is the life, it is 
not dependent, but self-creating. It's self-sustaining. It's creative in itself. It gives life to other things. You move from being the kind of person that needs to be propped up to the kind of person that can give. People get it all wrong. They think they have to give. You don't ever have to do anything. This is so important. But what happens is when that life takes hold inside of you, you start to give. Some of the grumpiest of you start to give. You know, what's wrong with me? My heart is changing. You know, you like the Grinch. You don't know what's going on, right? The, the Zoe has taken hold in you and you start to transform. And, and the other thing is people, they try to give. I'm going to try to be a good Christian. I'm going to try to... No, stop trying. Stop trying. Anybody ever try to be patient? Ready? Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't bite your tongue once in a while. Trust me, you should. Right? Free advice. But have you ever tried to be patient? Have you ever tried to do it? Trying is bound, but what happened? This is so important. When the life of Christ takes hold in us, we just start changing. The, Paul called it the fruit of the what? Spirit. It's just, when life starts taking hold inside of you, now all of a sudden, instead of, try, I got to try to be this, I got to, I can't tell you how many people over the course of my life tell me, I'm trying to be a good Christian. First of all, I say, well, just try to be a good human first, right? And then we'll work on the other part. Some of it's scary, but it's not about trying. It's about this. You let, let the life of God take hold in you. And then you start to grow, you start to change, you start to transform. And this is why this is so important. People come to church and they get religious and they do this and they, they start checking all these boxes and they want to know, Chris, what does God want? Does he want me to do this? I want to check all these boxes as if, uh, as if, if I check all these boxes, then God will be happy with me. Here's what I think would make God happy. You, you allow you allow his spirit to take root in you. The zoe, the, the life of God to take root in you. And just let it happen. Let the good come out in you. Paul described it. He goes, when the spirit is having his way in your life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Now, why did Paul write this in Galatians? Because they were having debates, this is so important, about what the real litmus test is to a good, to them, a good to Jesus follower. And to them, it was, they were Jewish, and they were this, and they were that. And they had these litmus tests. And the litmus test was, you had to be circumcised. You had to follow the law of Moses. And so, people would walk around with their circumcision papers, and, you know, talk about the Torah, and how much they did. And that, that, that means that they were good. The same, listen, the same thing happens today. The same thing, but it's to be how to be a good Christian. Well, I've been baptized. I always go to church. Can't say that here much, but anyway, other churches. Uh, I, I always do this. I always do this. And there are these external things, these, these boxes that I've, I've been baptized. I do this. I go to Bible study. And people, you know, and the pastor sits back and goes, um, well, have you been to the membership class? And go, uh, well, I will. Okay. And then they go, okay, you're in check. 
And Paul is going, no, it has nothing to do with that. Those can be good. They can be bad. Paul goes, the fruit, right, the litmus test, the how we know it, is when love and joy and peace and patience and kind. Guess what? It's easier to get baptized than it is to be kind. Huh? Guess what? It's easier to get a fish on your bumper sticker than it is to be patient. People have been buying all the wrong stuff. And Paul goes, no, that's not the life that God has for you. He's actually, ready? Actually trying to change us. Now, some of you have have written yourself off. Yeah, you've written yourself off. It's horrible. I'm just grumpy. That's just who I am. I'm just this. No, you're not. You're not just anything. You are a work in progress who the Spirit is still knocking. Like, come on, let me in that door. Let me in there. Let me in that closet. Let me in that part of your mind. Let me in that part of your life. Still trying to work his way into all parts of our life so that love and joy and peace can start to flow out from us. So the life, get get it. This life that God has for us is full. Now, think about it. Just think for a minute. The other day, somebody said, the other day, somebody said to me, they said, Chris, I want, I want to invite you, and you may be here, and don't take offense, but I want to invite you to this thing that I think it'd be it's just, maybe it'd be helpful to you, just fill your spirit. And, and I was like, oh, okay, what is it? And, and he was like, it's a gathering of pastors. And I went, oh. Now, it's terrible. I, I know. Don't be mad at me. Don't throw things. It's terrible, but that's what my spirit felt. I just was like, no, God, no. And he meant it kindly, like, this would be so helpful to you and just lift you up. And honestly, like, like, a, like a hole in the head, would I want to go to that? And I've been to enough of them, and I don't mean to, I'm not, I'm just saying, it just did nothing for my insides. I'll just say that. And I've never been there. It could be the greatest thing in the world. I'm just telling you what my natural reaction was. God, no. Now, if he would have said, do you want to go wakeboarding? <laughs> Honestly. Why? Because like people, they're just normal. They just laugh. They have a good time. They're, they're real with each other. I've been to these phony pastors meetings. They're, they're brutal. They're brutal. And I just, I was like, I, I, no, no, I don't know. But why? Because one, you, you heard me talk about this before, is plastic fruit, right? And a lot of you... You've, you've tasted it before. You grew up on plastic fruit, right? You went to a certain church. And I'm like, nah, everybody has to fake, right? Pretend you're this, pretend you're that. Duct tape some plastic fruit on you so that you're happy to be here, right? And God bless you, brother, and all that. And then there's real. And real fruit is life-changing. This is so important. That was my honest gut reaction. That's what I felt like. No way. Why do I feel that way? Because we've been manufacturing fruit too much. And it's nasty. It's not life-giving. My immediate thought was that would not be life-giving to me. Honestly, what's life-giving to me is to be around real people. Honestly. They're just real. 
They're truthful. They're honest. They're open. They're real. They don't pretend they're perfect because I know you're not and you know you're not. They're not trying to be bad. They're not, I'm going to be the biggest idiot I can. They're growing. How many, how many are growing? Are, are any of you improving? Please, please, like get a little, like just grow a little, like go, go with it. Be a little nicer. Be a little softer. Let the spirit work in you. But here's the thing. We're all growing, every single one of us. And you either, this is the thing, you either shut down from growing or you jump into growing. You become a part or you opt out. Now, here's the thing. When you allow yourself you become life-giving to other people. Who wants to be around a person, ready? In your work, at your lunchroom, and they've been baptized. Oh, aren't they fun to be around? You're like, I I don't really know. I really have no difference of knowing. Am Am I being honest here or is this upsetting some of you? I really don't care. If I'm having lunch with somebody at my office place, I don't care if they've been baptized. I don't care at all. Do you? You know what I care about? Are they nice? Like a real low bar. Are you nice? Are you kind? Are you patient? You say, Chris, well, this is like the basic stuff. God just wants us to get, do all this religious stuff. No, you haven't read the Bible again. Again, you haven't read it. Galatians says, God doesn't care about the religious stuff. Call it what you want to call it. Circumcision, baptism, blah, 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 blah. He's like, that's fine. It's fine if it helps you. He's not losing any sleep over it. But he's losing sleep over people that aren't loving and kind and joyful. He said, that's what he wants to make you. So what I have in my mind are these people. I know they're going to judge me walking, <laughs> which is why I know no one wants to be around me. <laughs> no, just, no, when they find out you're a pastor, they're like, oh, get another foursome, right? Because uh, <laughs> it, it, it's the same feeling that I had. I, I'm like, but I am one. I forgot I am one. Because you have this feeling that this is what they care about. Because people have been told this is what God cares about. And it's all small, trinkety, little, small-minded stuff. And the big fruit is over here. Is this a loving person? You would always rather have lunch with the guy that hasn't quite got his baptismal certificate, but would give you the shirt off his back. Wouldn't you? Which is why, again, we haven't read the Bible, He goes, it's circumcision of the heart. It's not circumcision. It's circumcision of the heart. It's not circumcision. It's circumcision of the heart. You can say, I don't know if I've been baptized or not. I got baptized in my heart. It's the exact same thing. But what we did is we took Christianity and we threw all the old stuff on top of it. Think. Some of you don't want to think. All right. Think for a minute. If what Christ was talking about we don't have a good metaphor, but because we don't, we aren't, we don't herd sheep. Most of us. So he said, "I'm a good shepherd." So I'm always trying to find the right metaphor. He, he would be like, "I'm a good life coach." That's popular today. Now I know it's gotten a little markety and all that sort of thing, and it can get a little wonky. But in its essence, it was like, "I'm going to be a life coach. I want to coach you." 
into the best life that's possible. I want to I guide you. I want to coach you along into abundance. Now he says it's Zoe life, but it's Zoe abundantly with abundance. I don't know how to put words to this. Um, I went skiing out in Park City with a, my cousin a few years back, and he brought a friend of his, a, a pilot. He was from New Orleans. So I called him Connick from Harry Connick, you know. He sounded like Harry Connick to me, Junior, that is. So I called him Connick, and he was, he was a, we got down the first, we had the first hill, and, you know, Connick was from New Orleans, so I don't think he spent his life growing up on the slopes, if you know what I mean. And he just took the first hill and went bonsai, and I never saw him. Snows. We call it a yard sale, you know what I mean? There's just stuff everywhere. Almost hit a tree, thankfully missed the tree. We got down there, how are you doing, Connick? He's like, that was awesome. Like, that was awesome. I said, like, this guy's going to be fun. This guy's going to be fun. And then we get to the top, and, we, you know, we try to give yourself a little motivation. Like, what, what's this run going to be like that? And he had this saying. He goes, let's put some ham on it. <laughs> now, I didn't grow up in the South. I don't know if that's a Southern thing or what. But after a few times, I'm like, what in the world does put some ham on it mean? What, what does that mean? Like, I could think of put some bacon on it. So I guess they're cousins, and maybe that's what we're talking about. Like you can get a cheeseburger, but you can get one with bacon. Anybody with me? Is anybody with me? <laughs> Put some bacon on it. I guess it's life with ham on it. I guess life abundantly is like... You, you ever see people that are just barely living? Just existing, just squeaking by? Like you just got to get out of here. You just, you're timing me. You're upset right now. Because I'm cutting into something, or I might be. You're just, you're just, just, you're just grinding through life. There's people that grind through life, and there's people that whistle. I guess that's the difference. The ability to whistle through life. I came to give you life abundantly, where the fruit just flows. Abundance is extra. And too many of us are right there at razor-thin margin from exploding in anger and teeing off on somebody. You just get the idea that there's this grace about it. There's extra. Kind of free from the need to be right. I did a Bible study this week for a Ford Motor Credit, I guess, Ford Credit, and the employees. So I was happy, you know, happy to go down and do my thing and got there and I was talking. And then at the end, you know, there's a guy like, uh, can I push back a little bit? And I'm like, sure. Everybody needs to be right. Go for it. I didn't say that. I said, Absolutely. But you know, that, that always needing to be right. Some of you were in that phase. Some of you are there now, but some of you were in that phase of life. Remember? Got to be right. Remember when you always had to be right? And then you had to decide between being right and staying married? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? You're just like, why do I always need to be right? 
it's like a disease. I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the abundant life. I don't I think it's it's a restricted life. Maybe the best way to think of it is just to think of it this way. Think of yourself like this beautiful lamp. Picture the most beautiful lamp in the world in your eyes, whatever that is. Sitting in the living room of your house. Whatever would be just the most amazing lamp. And it's the difference between having that lamp plugged in and not plugged in. Life, abundant life. Bios, zoe. You get to decide if you want to plug into that which is truly life. And that which is truly life, once you plug into that, the current, ready, comes into you. Paul called it the spirit. We call it what you want. The current comes into you. And you start to illuminate. It's the same you with the current. It's the same you, but connected. And sometimes our connections get a little fuzzy, don't they? But you know, you've felt that connection before. Which is why Jesus said, remain in me, or abide, or stay plugged in. So this summer... We're going to do a whole series on staying plugged in, connected, so that the growth that God can have in us will continue. It's going to take time. Growth takes time. Fruit takes time. Nobody plants a seed on Monday and goes out on Thursday to pick grapes. You just don't expect that. This is so important. Listen, please listen. Because I could come up here and say, oh, if I just say this prayer over you, wham, wham, your life's going to be... That's nonsense. So here's what people do. They either either fall for the quick fix, like this certain pastor is going to pray for you and all all your problems are going to go away and you're going to be a different person. And Sure, I mean, an initial thing can jumpstart you. I'm all for a jumpstart. But the real transformation where you go from being an impatient person to a patient one. See, some of you think this is a blood type. That's the problem. You think it's a blood type. No, I'm A positive. I don't do, I don't do kind. <laughs> I'm B negative. I definitely don't do anything. It's not a blood type. The fruit of the Spirit is that you, everybody can be kind. Everybody can be patient. Everybody can be loving. Right? Do the hug after everybody leaves. My cousins were here from Mississippi, the other side of the state, everywhere. One of my cousins doesn't hug, you know, and I always forget. (laughs) And it's not like I'm like the mushy, mushy guy, but it's my grandma and my aunts and uncles. You don't see them in years and years. And so I just reach in for my my cousin. He gives me the... (laughs) Throw me the chicken wing. Sorry, bro. Some of you think that's that. Watch me. You could be a fruit basket of happiness, 
right? Of giving, of radiance, of abundance. You just have to tell yourself, you have to tell yourself, that's me. That's me. Stop defining yourself in some restricted way. I'm not loving. I'm not kind. I'm not gentle. I'm not... When you're plugged in, this is what's coming out. I'm just telling you. This is what's coming out. Now listen to me. Listen. And then go read Galatians again. You can have a baptismal certificate or you cannot have one. And the fruit can still flow out of your life. And you can have seven baptismal certificates and you can be dry as a duck. It's a matter of shifting the goal. The goal is not to be good at church. The goal, I hate to say it, is not to be a good Christian. The goal is to be a good human. The fruit of which is Christ-likeness. I want to ask you to commit this summer. Say, you know what? I am. I'm not going to just attend church and go home. I'm going to plug in. I'm going to plug in. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to let the Spirit of Christ continue the good work that he started in me. Paul said, he who began a good work in me, he will what? I don't think there's anything wrong with any of these things. By the way, I want to be clear about that. Anything. Being baptized. I think it's when I was baptized. I think all that stuff's good. They're they're like markings on your pathway. But they can be empty in a heartbeat. They can be meaningless like that. If they become the end game, we've missed our way. Which is why we have this from Paul. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things, nobody has a problem. Or anybody would go to a church like that. 